All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's open up with prayer and then we'll get started uh, with our Bible study. So uh, let's pray. Father God, we thank you for who you are. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would uh, bless us during this time. Lord, we are we are praying for um, you to eradicate this virus. Um, keep us safe. Uh, we are thankful that it's not as bad in our area, but, you know, that can change. And so, God, we know you are sovereign over this. Help us during this time, God, to remain focused on you. Uh, use this time, God, for your glory and our good. Draw us closer to you through this. I pray, God, that souls are saved through this pandemic. Uh, Lord, uh, I pray that you would use the church through this time, God, uh, as you see fit. Uh, we are thankful for who you are. We are thankful for Christ, uh, for you sending your son to die for our sins, which is mainly what our study is about explicitly. It is clearly about that, God. And so help us as we continue through this series of what is the gospel. Uh, Lord, use us as you see fit. We ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. All right. I just gave you all the answers. Um, I was taking that down so that it didn't look like I had so many things up at one time. All right, guys. So what is the gospel? So last Wednesday, we went through this. Uh, we went through the whole study. Uh, we talked about what is the gospel. We talked about God, man, Christ response. And um, we were able to um, kind of break it down in 30 to 40 minutes. And so what I want to do over the next four Wednesdays, including tonight, um, is um, break it down even more. And so if you remember last Wednesday, and if you did not have a chance to listen to it, it's on our website, it's on Facebook, it's on our podcast, it's the What is the Gospel midweek study. And um, But what we talked about uh, last Wednesday is we talked about how um, God is um, uh, the creator of all things. And then we talked about how we messed that up by bringing sin into the world. And so God sent his son as plan A this entire time to be our redemption, to pay the penalty for us. And, uh, and then we are to respond to him. And so we looked at God, man, Christ response. And so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to look at God. And so we're going to break it up. See, here, here is the problem, guys. This is, this is what the problem is, is that we tend to forget that the gospel starts with God. Okay. The gospel always begins with God. We have to remember that. Um, uh, and then one of the problems that American Christianity has is that we don't know who God is. You know, we may say we do. And, and, and hear, hear me say this. Um, I live in the Bible Belt. I pastor in the Bible Belt. And I do believe that the Bible Belt is kind of disappearing. Um, but then again, there's still this mentality um, in, in, in the culture of the Bible Belt that I, I go to church. Um, I've been taught about God. Um, I prayed this prayer. So now I'm saved. Um, let me, let me tell you what I've noticed with a lot of that, a lot of that mentality is that people in the Bible belt don't know God. They don't know who God is. 
And, and, and the reason, one of the reasons why the gospel starts with God is that in order for us to understand why there's good news, we have to understand why there's bad news. And in order for us to understand why there's bad news in the gospel, we have to understand who God is. So why is it that Christ had to come and die for our sins and pay our penalty? Why, why is it that there is a penalty for our sin? Why is it that God was so upset in the Garden of Eden when Adam and Adam and Eve sinned that that that, that He kicked them out that that, that 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 He gave them a physical death? Well, why is that? It's because of who God is, and so that's what we're talking about this this evening. And this is going to be I'm I'm trying to make this study as simple as possible. But hear me say this: tonight's study was overwhelming even for me. In in the in in the sense of preparing it. And what I mean by that is, is when we're trying to do a study on explaining who God is, boy, let me tell you, people have written books about it. And when I say books, I mean books this size about who God is. And so please hear me say this, that tonight's study is really just going to be a small taste of who God is. And we're, and we're really going to get down to the very foundation, the very, the very, the very bottom of God. All right. And so, uh, people have written books. People have preached sermons. They preach their entire lives of who God is. And you're never going to scrape the bottom. You're never going to, you're never going to, 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 to ever run out of talking about who God is. Okay. Let me just say that. But tonight we're talking about God. And this is what we're mainly talking about with the What is the Gospel series. By talking about God, this is our main idea. God is worthy of all worship. That's mainly the foundation of of the God part of the Gospel, that God is worthy of all worship. Okay? And we're going to talk about why he's worthy of all worship. And then next Wednesday, we're going to, we're, we're going to look at man. We're going to look at how sin came into the world. And I can go ahead and tell you, just spoiler alert, um, sin came into the world because we decided to rob God of his glory. We decided to forsake worship of God, thinking that he did not deserve any of it. And so tonight we're looking at God is worthy of all worship. So let's look at how. I've got two things for you. That's it. Just two things. Um, and uh, bear with me. I am, I, I'm tired to, today. Um, I, I don't really want to explain why. Uh, nothing bad. Uh, just, just be in prayer for me. If I, if I seem a little out of it, I feel a little out of it. But hopefully we can get through this study and I hope that you can grow from it. All right. So God is worthy of our worship. So let's let's break it down. Number one, God is creator. That's one reason why God is worthy of all of our worship, because God is creator. He's creator of all things. Um, and, and, and that's actually one of the uh, one of the new city catechism questions that we're using. Um, my son, uh, Jaden, who is five, is memorizing these. And um, I forgot which question it is, but Jaden knows the answer. It is that God is the, the creator of everyone and everything. Um, you know, I, the, the question is, what is what is God? God is the creator of everyone and everything. And, and so we see that God is the creator. All right. So so when we when we look at it, look at Genesis one one, um, very first verse in the entire Bible. 
Genesis 1.1, what is it? In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God what? God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God fashioned all things. Now I know we, there are so many people who will, who will debate this and argue this, that, you know, it was a big bang, uh, evolution, you know, you can throw out all these things. All right. But we have to understand that God, God is the creator of all things. Okay. It, it takes more faith. Let me, let me tell you, it takes more faith to believe the big bang theory than it does to believe that God created all things. Why is that? The big bang, the big bang theory claims that, 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 that everything was created from nothing. Nothing. That in the beginning of time, nothing existed. Not one atom, not one molecule, not nothing existed. And then all of a sudden, the big bang happened. And things came into existence, planets and solar systems, and, and it was chaotic. But man, if you, if you walk out into, into creation, if you, if you walk outside and look, and look at the trees and look at, at the sky and look in the mirror, look at yourself, look at your hands and your feet, look at your kids, look at your wives. Wives don't look at your husbands. We see, <laughs> we see that God had to have created us. Because then if he didn't, and if the Big Bang Theory is true, then that means that that was a lucky accident. How is it that all of this came from nothing? That's not true. Instead, if we look at Genesis 1, we see that it was all spoken into existence because God created it. God created all things. God created you. Psalms 139, it talks about how God has fashioned us in our mother's womb. He is putting us together. He's shaping and molding us. God is creator. God created us to know him. That's why God created us. God God created us so that we may know him, so that we may glorify him, so that we may worship him. So that we may have fellowship with him. Now listen, we talked about this last week. God did not, hear me, God did not create us because he needed us. I need, I, I'm a needy guy. Ask my wife. I am. I'm a needy guy. When I end up with a, with a man cold, I need, I, I need to be pampered. You know, I need to be babied. You know, I need you. I, I need my wife to make my, you know, my soup for me. I need, I need my wife to make me feel better. I'm a needy guy. All right. And, and, and I need attention. That's just me. That's how I was. That, 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 that's my personality. You can make fun of me all you want, but some of you are needy too. But when we say that, that, that we need something, that imparts weakness on us, that we lack something. And, and to say that God created us because he needed us is to say that God created us because he lacked something. Let me tell you, God is self-sufficient. Write that down. God is self-sufficient. In, in other words, he is sufficiently satisfied with himself. See, thing, one thing we, we need to know about God is that God is for God. 
God loves himself and that's good. It's okay for God to do that. Us, if we love ourselves in this egotistical way, it makes us arrogant and prideful. And that is sinful. Why is that? Because that makes you look like the center of the universe. That you're the most important person. You're, t- you're taking glory for yourself that is for God. God created us to know him. And this is how I know this. Look at Genesis 1, 26 to, through, through 28. Uh, if you want to turn there real quick, I need a drink of water. Genesis 1, 26 to 28 says this. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Now, we, we see the words us and our. Um, do, you, do you see it there? You see us? See, our, our, um, understand that this is not talking about a pantheon of gods. Okay. God is not talking to other gods. God's talking to himself here. What does this mean? Well, God's talking to the Trinity. We see that there is the Father. Son and Holy Spirit. They are all present at creation. I know you can't see that at the top. I, I apologize. But they are all present at creation. The Father is creating by speaking into existence through the word of his Son and by the power of the Holy Spirit. There's the Trinitarian work in, in creation. And that's the Trinitarian work in salvation. The Father drawing people to Himself by the Word of His Son and transforming them by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we see this us is our. So God is saying, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So how is it that we are able to see that God has created us to know him? Check this out. We see that God has created us in his own image. When we look at this, we see that God has created man in his own image. What does that mean? That's crazy. Does that mean we look like God physically? No, that's not what that, what that means. To be created in his own image it means that we have been created to with with logic and reason and creativity. We've been created differently than the rest of creation. We've been set apart as human beings. We have been set apart to rule and reign, to have dominion. That's what God says in verse 28 to have let them have dominion. But when we see that God creates man in his own image, 
we see too that God has created man with the capacity to have fellowship with him, to know him, to worship him. God has created man to do that. We were created to worship. We were. We, we still do that today, even if it isn't with God. You're, you're, you're watching this on Facebook. How many of you are addicted to Facebook? The, the, the amount of time that you put into it, uh, the amount of sacrifices you make to be on it, you are worshiping Facebook. You're probably watching this on your tablet or, or, or your phone. The amount of time that you put it, the amount of money that you put into it. Our phones are ridiculously expensive. Sometimes that can seem like we're worshiping that. The people that you're sitting with, sometimes we may worship them. The food that you eat, sometimes it may seem like you worship that. The sports that you love to watch or used to love to watch because we don't have it to watch right now unless you're watching reruns is sometimes worshipful. We were created to worship. We crave it. But God ultimately created man to know and to worship him. And as we're going to see next week, we ruin that. Genesis 2 and 3 show us that. The fall of mankind. We were created to worship God and instead we wanted to be God. So this is how the gospel starts. The gospel starts with God. That God is the creator of all things. And he created us to worship him. Check out Revelation 4.11. It says this, Worthy are you, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. He deserves all worship because he's creator. He's creator. Romans 1, 18 tells us that, 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 that um, uh, uh, his invisible attributes have been clearly seen and understood from creation that men are without excuse. These things about God, who God is, we can see in the fact of him being creator. That's important. Secondly, God is holy. God is holy. This is, this is a big, a big topic here. Because a lot of people like to put God's holiness as part of his attributes. But the thing is, is all of his attributes are wrapped up in the fact that God is holy. All of his attributes are wrapped up in his holiness. We have to see that uh, we have a need for salvation because of God's holiness. We're going to see here that it's his holiness that judges sinners. It's because God is holy and because we are sinners that we cannot have a relationship. Check it out. Exodus 34, 6 through, 6 through 7. All right, now, so before we jump into this, into this first verse in verse 6, let me ask you this question. What is, what is the best attribute about God? The best thing about God. You're probably going to sit here and, 
and say that, well, God is, God is gracious and merciful. You know, or you're going to say that God is loving. He is love. That's the best thing about him. And that's, you know, those are all attributes. All of his attributes are the best things about, about God. Every single one of them. But a lot of times we jump into this whole idea that, you know what, I'm going to heaven no matter how I live because God is a loving and forgiving God, right? You've heard that. We, uh, I shared last week about our mission trip to, to Myrtle Beach and all the, all the people that we ab- approached and everybody, the majority of the people that we approached thought they were going to heaven because they were good people. And because God is a forgiving God. God will let me in because God loves everybody. Check this verse out. Exodus 34, verse 6. The Lord, the Lord. Now this is, this is God proclaiming himself in front of Moses. Okay? God says this. The Lord, the Lord. The compassionate and gracious God. Sounds great, right? We like that. Compassionate and gracious God. Slow to anger. That's awesome. Keep going, right? Slow to anger. Abounding in love and faithfulness. Yes. Yes. That, that's awesome. We, we want that God. Maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. That's awesome. That's the kind of God we want to serve, right? Check this out. The verse seven. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. Do, do, do you see that? That we want everything else, but we don't want that part. Because here's the thing, guys. We are guilty. We are guilty. And we're going to talk more about that next week, but we need to get the gospel out with this. You and I are guilty of our sin. Our sin has separated us from God because he is a holy God. He's he he's all these things. He's abounding in love and steadfast mercy. He's he he he's slow to anger and compassionate and merciful and 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 he's forgiving and loving. We get that. We know that. We love that about him. The world loves that about him because that's what that's the only part of him they want. But the part that we tend to leave out is he does not leave the guilty unpunished. We're guilty. We're sinful. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. We need salvation because of our sin. Our sin has separated us from God. God can have nothing to do with this. Isaiah 6, 3, we see God is holy. And one called to another and said, holy, holy, holy. Is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Whenever in scripture we see something repeated three times, that is very important. It's very true and it's something to celebrate. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. God is a holy God. A good and righteous God. It's because of his holiness That we have been separated from him because of our sin. Habakkuk 1.13, it says this, You who are of pure eyes, then to see evil and cannot look at wrong. This is talking about God. 
He cannot see evil and he cannot look at, at wrong. Sin cannot be before him. Sin cannot be in his presence. Because he's a holy God. And so when we see God as, when we see God as worthy of all worship, he's worthy of all worship because he is creator and because he is holy. Do you, do you see that? It's his holiness that judges sinners. It's because he is good and righteous that sinners deserve to be judged and punished. This is why sinners deserve hell. And let me tell you guys, I'm a sinner. You're a sinner. She's a sinner. We're all sinners. Hey, good burger, right? Do you, do you see that? We're going to talk more about that next week, but let me go ahead and ask you, when have you ever told a, a lie? Have, have you ever stolen something? Have you ever looked at somebody with a lustful desire? Have you, have you ever disobeyed your parents? We're all deserving of judgment because James tells us that if you've broken one of the Ten Commandments, you've broken all of them. You're guilty of breaking all of them. We're all guilty. The law in the Old Testament, all 600 and some odd laws, including the Ten Commandments, shows us that we are not good enough. Shows us that we cannot follow that. And the only way that we can have fellowship with God is to be like when Adam was first created. After God created Adam, what did he say? It is good. Man was created good and perfect with no, with no sin in their lives. And what we see is that they messed up and sinned and disobeyed a holy and righteous God. And because of God's holiness and because of man's wretchedness and sin, there can be no more fellowship. So God kicks Adam out of Adam and Eve both out of the garden. Man, Adam and Eve had it so good. They were able to have fellowship with God. They were able to walk with God. They were able to spend time with God. But because of sin, they've been separated from God. We've been separated from God. And listen, hear me say this. It's not because you did something when you were three and you became sinful. Scripture shows us you were, you, you're born sinful. You are sinful at birth. You're, you're sinful at conception. You are, you were born with a sinful nature. You, you deserve hell at birth. You who are of pure eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong. So holiness, the holiness of God judges sinners. But check this out too. It's the holiness of God that saves sinners. What do you mean, Jesse? How are we saved? We're saved because Christ came, lived a holy and obedient life, fulfilled all of Scripture was the perfect, spotless, sinless land of God. And he went to the cross willingly and obediently 
for our sin and died as the Lamb of God, the sacrifice to pay our penalty, to be treated as if he was guilty of sin. He endured the wrath of God on our behalf. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made him who had no sin. Jesus had no sin. He was sinless, spotless. For God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. He, God took our sin and put it on his son. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. It's God's holiness that judges sinners because it's, it's, it's our sin that separates us from a holy God. And it's because God is holy and righteous that sinners deserve judgment and hell. But it's because of God's holiness that, 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 that he's able to save sinners. Because his son, Christ, lives the holy life that we were called to live, that we should have lived. He's the second and better Adam. We're going to talk more about that in two weeks. But do you see that? Do you see now that because God is creator and because God is holy, He's worthy of all worship? And because God is creator and because God is holy and we're sinful, we have been separated from Him? This is why Romans tells us that we're enemies of God. We're traitors. We deserve death and judgment and punishment. And you may be sitting here wondering why, what gives God the right to do that? What gives God the right to judge me? What gives God the right to tell me how I should live? What gives God the right to tell me that I'm going to hell? It's because God created you. God made you. God breathed life into your worthless, sinful body. Look at the grace that God gave you just to live. He has every right to tell you how to live. He has every right to judge you because He created you. He owns you. Do you see the love and the grace and mercy that this holy and righteous God did by sending His own Son, Jesus, to die for our sins? God did that so that you may be reconciled to Him. This holy God that judges sinners is the same holy God that saves sinners. So I plead with you this evening that if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, would you do that tonight? God has provided a way when there was no other way. Romans 5 tells us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God shows his own love for us in doing that. The holy God who did not have to save us. God, who did not have to send His Son for us. God, who did not have to suffer for us. 
Guys, we don't know who God is. And so many of us try to demand from God. So many of us try to bargain with God. You got nothing to bargain with. There's no amount of good in this world that you can do to save yourself. There's no amount of good in this world that you can do to make God want to save you. Turn to Christ. Repent of your sin. Repent of your sin and turn to a holy God. I pray you do that. Listen, you can always message me if you want to talk. You can always reach out to our, to our church. I'll, I will strive to, to get back with you. But re remember, God is worthy of all worship. He created us to know and, and worship Him, and He is a holy God who deserves it. That's the, that's the beginning of the gospel. That God created us and that God is holy. Next week we're going to look at how, we're going to look at the bad news of the gospel. In order for the gospel to be good news, there has to be bad news. And what's the bad news? That we deserve hell. But God has made a way for us to come back to Him. Uh, so I hope you guys will tune in next week. Look, we're going to try and do this at 6.30 next Wednesday night. Um, 7 o'clock is a, a little late for uh, some people right now. Um, and so 6.30 next, next Wednesday night, tune in on Facebook Live. Also, um, this Friday night is Secret Church. Um, it, and if you are part of our church, whether you are an active vis visitor, and we know who those are, whether you are an active visitor or a church member, we have a limited number of books study guides for uh, Secret Church this Friday night. And we still, we still have some. And so please reach out to me. I'm going to be delivering those tomorrow um, in some way. Or we might do a drive-through pickup for you to come by the church at a certain hour and pick it up. Uh, but uh, please get up with me. Call me, text me, message me, whatever you got to do. Um, I, I hope you're keeping up with the reading plan. It, it is on our website if you want to jump in on it. Or if you just want to start it, just go to our, our website. It is under 2020 Bible Reading Plan. Uh, this Sunday, we do have our uh, Sunday morning worship. Please join us at 11 o'clock in the morning. 9 a.m., we have Zoom Sunday School. If you want to join us, shoot me a message with that as well. I miss you guys. I really miss you guys. Um, I don't know when things are going to come back to normal. I do know we have a little bit more time. But um, be in prayer for us, be in prayer for our church, be in prayer for me. Um, I'm in prayer for you daily. Uh, I love you guys. I love you, church. I miss you. Um, and I cannot wait for the day that we get to come back together and worship together. All right. You guys have a great evening. Let me close in prayer and we will pop out. OK, let's pray. Father God, we are <coughs> we are thankful for who you are. We are thankful that you are creator that you are holy. Uh, and so, God, I pray that as we continue studying the gospel, help us to remember that. Lord, draw us into knowing you more. Help us to dig that treasure mine of who you are. You are such a good God. And God, we do not deserve the grace that you've given us that by your holiness, we deserve damnation. 
We deserve spiritual death. We deserve physical death. But by your holiness, we are also able to be saved because Christ came as the Holy Son of God to live the life that we should have lived and died the death that we deserve to die. Paid our payment. Thank you for doing that. God, for those that are listening that that are lost, pray, Lord, that you would grab their hearts. Show them the truth of your word. Show them the truth of their sin. Show them who you are and show them who they are. Draw them to you, God. Only you can do that. Thankful for your word that we're able to dig into and study and be edified by and encouraged by. Lord, I just pray that you would draw us closer to you during this time. You are such a good God. We don't deserve you. God, we love you. We praise you. We ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Guys, y'all have a great night, okay?